Welcome to the Thought Leadership Podcast, where we share insights on how you can become the go-to thought leader in your niche. I'm your host, Alejandro Sanoja, founder and personal branding consultant at Latin Presarios. And today, our guest is Michelle Griffin. Michelle is a personal brand and marketing PR strategist who has devoted her career to connecting people, growing communities, and building brands. After spending two decades in corporate agency and professional association roles, Michelle founded the personal branding consultancy, Brand Authority, and the Business of You Media, which equips professionals and entrepreneurs with the training and resources they need to share and profit from their talents. She is also an international brand strategy coach, speaker, and host of the B2B personal branding podcast, The Business of You, with clients and listeners worldwide. As a lifelong learner, Michelle is also a Story Brand Certified Marketing Guide and holds numerous industry certifications. She's a frequent speaker, guest contributor, and social audio host on topics of personal branding, LinkedIn marketing, and the power of networking. Community is an important part of Michelle's mission to serve others. She is the founder of the 365 Creators Community of 1,000 plus LinkedIn Global Professionals and also volunteers for several nonprofit, civic, and professional organizations. Outside of work, you can find Michelle enjoying the outdoors of sunny Florida with her family. She's an avid health, fitness, animal, and nature evangelist and is always on the quest to find new gluten-free, dairy-free, and vegetarian offerings on her travels. Learn more at yourbrandyourbusiness.com. Okay, Michelle, I've been wanting to have this conversation for a while. I, I heard and saw, because it was a video, a phrase that you mentioned, that it was visibility, it's not vanity. It's about being valuable to a well-defined audience. Your personal brand is not about you. And I love that because it really, I think with everything that's going on on social media, people think that personal branding is about being famous and, and celebrity. And that can definitely be a part of it, but it's not really everything. So I want to start. I know you have seven steps and I want to start, of course, with step number one. How? Can you help people or how do you usually help people clarify their message? Because I feel like this is a challenge. People that want to niche down. They feel like they're leaving, leaving uh, opportunities out there. So what would you say are the top three challenges that you usually face when you're working with people to clarify their message? Oh, wonderful questions. And you laid yeah. it out so well. Um, one of the things is like when you read uh, personal branding articles under just random Google search, I find that they don't go deep enough. They always use the same example of Elon Musk and Steve Jobs or like three people that are wonderful. But I mean, for the everybody, you know, else, mm -hmm. you know, we can certainly and need to have our personal brand because it used to be maybe the last 15 years, you just had to have a social media handle and you're good, maybe. Now it's the personal brand you need to have to really stand out. Now, one of the things people get pushed back, usually the people who come to me really know the value of wanting to take their expertise that's completely well-known in their industry, but not so much online and control the narrative with a strategic thing. But they are so 
all over the place. And so they don't want to narrow down. That's the number one thing. They don't want to niche down. And in this day and age, the more micro niche you can get, the faster traction and the known as top of mind sought after status that you want to get is one of the advantages of personal brand. So when you can get as deep as you can, and that right client resonates with your message, bingo, you know, you've hit the right place. Um, another thing that I hear is it's, and I work with this in my seven steps is the mindset. Now I've worked with CEOs, executives, lawyers, physicians, you name it, people you would think Mm -hmm. on paper are so qualified, but we all suffer initially wanting to get out that imposter syndrome, right? Or why would people talk to me or listen to me? It's all been said before. What, what, What do I have to add? And I say, oh my gosh, you have everything to add. Do we read one book in this world? I'm looking at your bookcase for those who maybe see this in video, you have volumes and volumes of books. Now you didn't stop at one book. You were interested in the same topics in some eyes. So you explore different, and that's the same thing with a personal brand. And the last thing I would think the top three is people think it's uh, being, you know, narcissistic or self-promotional. We, we tend to shy away. And like you said, no, it's of you, but it's not about, it's for someone else. It's how you're showing up strategically, really well-crafted to be of service, to solve that problem or, you know, whatever the challenge desire that ideal audience you're trying to serve. That's what we're here for. So in a very long answer, those are my top three ways. Now, I don't know if I answered now, how do I clarify it? How do I clarify the message? Well, that is comes in my seven steps. So we can talk about that whenever or not. You just tell me when you want me to chat about that. No, that's great. Um, it reminded me, I think it's Justin Wells that has a great um, framework on how to really think about sharing the content, right? Because it can be, you can feel, well, what, what do I have to share? And he really, I don't remember that. I think it's three examples where you can lead people, but if you have achieved something, you can get people to where you are. You can just report Mm-hmm. Right, like you don't need to be the expert. You can just go read and and do a bunch of uh, research and then share on that. So um, I do agree with that being a challenge that people think they have nothing to say. Um, now, let's let's keep digging into that into those seven steps. Step two is people. Right, you need to define your audience. You clarified. You define in. Again, this is something where, where people don't want to do it. They feel they're going to leave out some people that they could serve. So what would be your recommendation? Let's say there's a, a solopreneur out there, uh, a consultant offering some services. They have, they don't have a big sample of clients and they have clients in, in different industries and in different sizes, right? Like they don't really have a pattern that you could say, oh, this is my ideal audience. They have a little bit of everything. They're doing okay in terms of, sales and revenue, but they want to grow, what would be your recommendation to them to really find out who is their ideal audience? Oh, that's such a good, that's probably my favorite thing. And just to clarify for those listening in the first step of my, um, my framework is perspective. Like we get that real internal clarity of who you are personally, professionally, your personality, because it really bridges into number two, which is your people. And that is a two-part thing. One is your persona. And like you said, a lot of people 
come out, say from corporate and start their consultancy or, or whatever. And then a lot of people come to them because maybe they're given mixed messages here and there. Now, the way I work with my clients, we get really deep on not so much demographics because I feel like those aren't as effective anymore. You need to get into the psychographics and then you go deeper and get into the voice of customer research is what I do. So if you have existing clients, we'll look at that. We'll look at, you know, uh, lookalike clients, so to speak, on s- social media, LinkedIn posts, podcasts. I mean, you name it, you can source. The ideal thing is to pick up the exact language in pain points, challenges, desires. You know, we might think that these people are feeling this way, but to hear it exactly the way they say it, that's going to really help us in step three and four. But when you start seeing the pattern of who you want to help and their needs, you can hone in. Oh my gosh, I'm going to show up solving this problem. Okay. And bingo, people are going to start, you know, people are all in our own little minds. And when we see that someone's so dialed into what we want and what we need, that is how you niche down. And I recommend, hey, judging by what perspective said and your your people, what you found out, what you like, because one of the things people do is they try stuff and they, and they're doing stuff because people come to them, but they don't really enjoy it. So you got to enjoy, you know? So anyway, so get completely dialed in to your, your customer. Also, I do a competitor thing where the opportunity gaps that maybe someone else doing what you're doing is offering in a different way. So that's another way to get really niche down. And, um, and then suddenly you're lit up because you're doing the right things and the people who you want to help know that you're the go-to for that. So um, I take a gritty approach, like a company brand, and it really works because, right, we all need that foundation. You can't just jump jump out in social. And that's that's a number one problem I see people do. And then they come back, ah, doesn't work. So that's my goal for number two. And then another thing on people is the partners. Um, having mm-hmm. collaborative partners to help align you and grow your brand, start that community feel and just cross promote, borrow each other's platforms, all those things, that's going to really help propel you, which is actually my number seven phase down the, down the road. But, um, but yeah, so getting number two is super important because we're here for people, right? To do business, to help them. Yes, and, and and we will get to step number seven. I loved what you said about doing the type of work that you love to do, because I feel that when you, and of course, when you're getting started, you, you need the revenue. So and you try different things, but at some point, you really need to start saying no to those things that are not really uh, sparking joy in your professional life so that you can do more of of what you want and it's difficult right especially when you're in that transition um so that that definitely resonates mm-hmm. now um i know we're jumping around a little bit and, and we might be missing some uh, key components but i want to go into step number your step number four which is the package mm-hmm. and a, a question i ask a lot in the podcast is pricing or no pricing in that package when oh, especially yeah. service-based professionals out there, right? Consultants that um, they always train to say, it depends and you might not want to be commoditized. I, I get it from both sides, the value and, and the pros and cons, but I want to get your take. What is your recommendation in terms of pricing? Should people put it on their website out there for everyone to see, or should you keep that to share it directly with your client in a call? 
Well, there's so many, that's such an important question because there are pros and cons. Um, but we, we didn't jump on number three and that's positioning when you're well positioned and you know, you're the go-to, I feel like people kind of, and you're doing number five, which is putting, we're all over the place in my steps, but when you're well positioned and have lots of clients or excuse me, content out there and people know that you are well in your league and you know what you're doing, you know, that really helps validate that. But Okay. There's two trains of thought. So I'd like a hybrid, like there's no right or wrong. It depends on the industry. It depends on so many factors. Now a starting out price, or maybe just a, a put a price on like a smaller intro, something you have or something that helps. But I think it's also going to be dialed in how by your messaging, your offers, the way you present the brand. So we'll know, I think people kind of know if someone's a little bit more premium or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but for those who are getting pushback, um, maybe just do a starting at price. You know, I've seen it both ways. I've seen now I've seen people who just say, okay, I don't need to waste anyone's time. So I'm going to put the prices. And then there's some people, so it's going to be a personal choice. Cause I have clients who are like, no way my, I do high end consulting for B2B clients or fortune tens or something. there's no way I'm putting the price. So it will depend on that. But you know, you, for those who are maybe just doing to a non-corporate client that does, you know, high end, maybe just a starting at price, try it out, test and see what feels right. Um, but I don't think in a higher ticket environment that the price is always going to lead with it, you know, but I could be wrong because like I said, it depends, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point in, in, I know we keep positioning, but you were talking about that and, and that's something that we've noticed uh, when we made the decision to do no more outbound, we were in a good spot and we said, we're just going to go all in all inbound, just built a personal brand. And I have to say that you notice the difference when you have the call with that person that found you mm-hmm. because you don't have to explain the typical question when it could be a referral, any other source at some point they're going to ask who you've worked with. Could you share some um, examples or some case studies or anything else, right? Can you tell me a little bit more about yourself? It's like magic when people find you and they've been reading your content and looking at it, there's no question about it. It's almost like they trust you already because of everything they've seen. They know you if you put your content and your story out there. Um, so I've definitely seen that change. And, and it's definitely something that when you make that investment, it'll take some time, but you will see the result. The trust is everything. That's the currency online. I mean, that's why people will work with you or not. And building that personal brand is the number one barrier um, to take away the untrustness. You know, we're all, I mean, you can put up a website and say they do this and that, but when you have a well-done website, when you're out there being vocal and visible and sharing what you know, people know, oh my goodness, this person is for me. And also showing your personality too, right? We Mm -hmm. don't want to just, we want some personality too. That's why personal brands are personal. So all the things are what brings an inbound approach. And it's so, like you said, so much more refreshing and you're not stressed out. Things are just coming your way. And the more you do it, the more it just helps and builds that compound interest effect is how I like to say personal brands are built. Correct. Now, Michelle, you mentioned imposter syndrome earlier in the conversation, and I want to talk about that. 
what would you say are the biggest obstacles that people have when putting themselves out there? Yes. Um, the, you know, they think about it too much. They, or they wait. I always say you don't need permission and you don't need perfection. And I'm a case study on this before I left my job and knew forever. I wanted to have my own consultancy. I waited five years thinking about it, thinking about it. And of course I always had, you know, side consulting things, but I waited maybe wasted five years. So I guess I was thinking someone was going to come down and say, oh, it's time, Michelle, here's your mm -hmm. permission slip. No, it doesn't work at that. You just take it out there. And that's one of the biggest regrets that why I'm so adamant and advocating uh, personal brands, because instead of one of the things that did in those five years was I, even though I had like a master's in PR and stuff and had great experience. I thought I needed credentials and courses and certifications, right? I thought I needed all that extra validation. Well, that just got me more and more confused. What I should have done in 2015 was start building my personal brand. That's why I'm a, like crazy about it because I'm like, I know that you have expertise to share. You have a message, a mission, all the things that can just be so helpful. You just get out there. So I would say overthinking, overanalyzing perfection and mm -hmm. waiting for permission. And you don't, no one's going to do it. You're our best. We are our best advocate, right? So just take that baby step. Now saying you're going to do it and are different or doing two different things, but I have some ways around that. And, um, I kind of, that's what I help people do because once you get that mindset out there and you get the traction, then I think it just starts flowing a lot faster and it becomes fun too. Michelle, what's your, what's your recommendation when because you're talking about, okay, just do it, put it out there. The sooner you do it, it's kind of like that tree story, right? Like the best time was three years ago. The second best time it's now. And I feel usually people who want to build a personal brand are people who want to grow and they want to control the process. Usually they're, they're a little bit of a, a control freaks and, and there has to be a balance between, okay, I want to put out quality. I just don't want to put anything out there, but then at some point it's just procrastination, right? Mm -hmm. Anything out there, I think, um, I don't know the numbers, but I've seen six segment total quality is something like 90 something percent. It's not hundred percent. You're going to get typos, something that I do. If I read a book, if I read someone's post, an influencer, and if I find a typo, I do a, a screenshot or save it not to shame them, but to remind me like, Hey, look, they had a polishing house. I don't know how many proofreaders and editors, and they still got typos. It's a, it's okay if you do it. And it's same with quality, right? I think some people see ex-influencer out there. Their videos are amazing. Their carousel posts are every, every one of them has like a different style and design, and they think they have to do that. And, and then they don't do anything. And then some people just, um, just do the bare minimum. And also that's kind of like not helpful. So let's say when somebody's starting out there, how would you recommend them to make that progress from, Hey, just get it done, start doing something and then slowly making adjustments so that the quality also reflects who they are as a professional. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming you're, you're mostly mean like on social media and maybe LinkedIn where you and I both hang out um, for something like LinkedIn, I would, consider it like the world's biggest networking event. It's not social media. There is, you know, 810 plus million on this thing worldwide. So you want to just kind of get out there, go, go 
walk around the conference hall and see what's there. Check out the rooms. That's going to first comfort you. It's not so scary when you're, you know, we all as humans, we are apprehensive of the unknown. So say you haven't been on LinkedIn, but you hear it's like the place, you know, get out there, just go peruse it, read, just get the lay of the land, the feel of the room. Okay. That's going to be tremendous to get your nerves down. It's like arriving at an event early comfort zone, then slowly, you know, maybe reach out, like a post, do a comment, kind of just start getting to know people. I highly recommend doing that before you start getting out cold on LinkedIn and doing posts. You're going to, you're going to learn things. You're going to meet people. Things are going to resonate. It's just going to be a breakthrough for you. And that's essentially what I did. You know, I left my marketing role of many years in uh, January, 2020 And that whole year, maybe even six months before that, I was on LinkedIn connecting and commenting, right? And it wasn't until January 1st, 2021 that I decided for me, which the way I worked, I had to do a challenge, a massive challenge to post every single day. Now, that's not how you do it either. I mean, in the middle of the challenge to myself, I was like, oh, this is a lot, but I did Mm -hmm. it. Um, But anyway, going back to that... um, getting my comfort zone. I was illustrating that because I felt very comfortable. You know, normally I wouldn't waste that much time though, just, you know, a couple of weeks or something, getting used to it. And then just start with a text post. I'll give Mm -hmm. you an idea on LinkedIn right now. I test all my stuff. My text posts are getting the most views and engagement over video, which are getting better actually. And uh, pictures and even my old carousel PDF sliders that have been my mainstay. My text posts get the thing. So just start with a simple text post. Okay. Now, unless you're some kind of video whiz and you can pop open a video and do that, then do that. But just start with a simple text post. See how it is. But I have to tell you, please don't just try and if nothing works, run away because you have to stay in the game with LinkedIn and mostly all maybe except TikTok because you'll pretty much get engagement there. But it, it's a long game and you're going to slowly mm-hmm. every day, make a little investment of everything. And, and so that, and I think that's what it is. And if anyone's listening here, I wanted to just, you know, say, reach out to someone that, you know, who's been on the platform and, and just say, Hey, I'm new here. What do you think? And that's going to be very helpful. Just reach out to others. I'm going to make a small plug here because you have a great template. So if you are looking for a template to start posting carousels on LinkedIn, go to Michelle's website. You have a great Canva template that people can just simply um, edit. And I I like that you said that little secret because I see a lot of people posting the same carousel on that they do on Instagram somewhere else on LinkedIn without making it a PDF. And it looks awful. Yes. Make it a PDF so that it can be one of those uh, clickable um, PDFs. Now, I love where we're heading in. I wanted to get your thoughts on who is it that can make the most out of getting started on LinkedIn, right? Because we see those ads, those typical made this many millions in a week, or he was Joe, Joe was fat, and now he's ripped in three months. And if you really know about it, when you look at the before photo, that's somebody who was ripped already. They just gained a lot of weight, right? Like you see their traps, you see their pecs, they're like, yeah. This is somebody who's been exercising their whole life. They just put up a bunch of weight to cover all that. And then, of course, they have the habits, the mentality, the routines. Three months, they just were super disciplined. They used the product and they got the results. It's not a lie, but it's kind of misleading, right? So 
it can be the same with building a personal brand. I feel like there's some people out there saying, yeah, you just got to build, do this and your life is going to be better. You can be rich. And it's like, well, it takes a while depending on where you're starting. So who would you say if you were to build the perfect scenario, right? Like it could be some, because people can build a personal brand when they're starting their career, switching careers just to augment whatever they're doing. So if you could pick, let's say um, we we're going to do a commercial um, to show the best results possible. Who is that person that can make the most out of LinkedIn? They are ready to just as quickly as possible start creating content and seeing results. Um, oh, you want me to give you an example of someone I know? Who do you think is like in, in on the average, like is it, hey, somebody who's uh, getting started in their career because they're not afraid and they're going to post or Hey, it's usually an executive at a company because they already um, they already have a brand. They don't know it, and when they start posting, it's just gonna um, explode. Like, who is from anybody listening? From anybody out there who is not building a personal brand that you would say, "Hey, everybody needs to do it," but especially you because you have uh, an untapped um, reservoir of of value there that with just a little bit of effort, you could tap into it. Oh, I, okay. So right off to my top of my head, I can't think right now if, if for a founder or a CEO or something, because I know if I thought about it off the spot, I probably would, but I, I would encourage a persona of that person who, like you said, knows that they themselves are going to show up and do it mm -hmm. because there's a lot of people like Casey Graham of gravy. He started like a year, two years ago, maybe late 19, I don't know, two or three years ago, he just started showing up on LinkedIn and he just built a huge following. He gives great value. People like Dave Gerhardt, he was like mm -hmm. a CMO of privy and before that drift. And now he left to do his own doing really well at his own um, I think it's now called Exit Five. So he actually wrote a book. I highly recommend that book called Founder yeah. Brand. Do you have it there? It's I really just, good. I just read it uh, recently. It's yeah. really with the yellow. Yep, my it brain is. colors right there. Yeah, Founder Brand is super really good. Um, I know people all the time that are jumping on LinkedIn. Those that stay in the game, those that don't, anywhere from twenty-two year olds to sixty-two year olds in a bond. There's, it's never too early or too late. I, I want to caution you that. I mean, totally. Um, people like, um, in my 365 creator community, the original group last year, people are just doing so well, Florian DeClut, I think that's how you say his name, his last name. I don't know if you know, Florian, he is just really just exploded this year. And he is just learned. He went from on the first day we met on Justin Walsh's comment on January 1st, 2021 to have never been on the platform to now he's over 25,000 or something, 20 something thousand. And he's learned so much. And so he stayed in the game. He's a student mm -hmm. and a listener and a sharer and giving value and teaching. And that's the persona of what LinkedIn loves. The law of reciprocity really rules on LinkedIn, right? It's a community, not so much, or, or a networking event, kind of a little bit of both. So I, um, I, I want people to just realize it's not a social media platform. It's not Twitter or anything. It's not Facebook. And for those that aren't on it, I want you to realize for those who like checked out of it because they got their dream job years ago, it is also not the place of like, you know, 10 years ago where it was just a job searching place and boring articles. Mm -hmm. People are sharing huge insights. So 
Um, I encourage people to step up and, and share their expertise because there's some hungry crowds wanting to hear from you. Absolutely. And I love that it's even, it's, there's a lot of people doing it the right way where they're doing um, entertainment for business. And it's, it's such a pleasure to see some of the memes. I share them all the time in, in several Slack channels where, where they make fun of marketing and sales and, and all these topics. Now, let's, let's think about that person who is getting started. They decided, okay, I am going to do it. This is it. I have something to share and I want to do it through my personal brand. What would you tell them in terms of a realistic timeline in order to get results, right? Like we all do it because we want to share value, but at some point you have to sell something to maintain the efforts, right? Either you're selling um, your company's products or you're selling a service that, that you offer. So what would you say is a good timeline in some metrics to track your on the right direction, right? Like you're not gonna start posting and selling right away, mm -hmm. but maybe you're getting engagement. Maybe you're getting some followers. What what would that first, I don't know, 90, um, half uh, six months or, or first 12 months look like? And what would you say would be the right expectations for that timeline? Yeah, that's a great thing. And I would say, give it a good solid year, but I'm not saying you're, you're gonna see results way faster. I'll give myself an example within two, three weeks of me posting every single day, which you don't have to do. Um, I was in, you know, got some targeted client leads, got asked on two podcasts and a, and a virtual summit that was within the first three weeks. And then that, that level is tremendously kept at a great solid level pipeline. Um, but I would say the first 30 days, just focus on showing up being really ramp up your comedy in other people's posts. Cause that's extremely mm -hmm. more valuable, even in the beginning, like you're going to put your posting out there and your, your content, but it's, you're going to have to, like, I tell my clients, look like anything, I hate the word hustle, but we're going to work a little harder in the beginning, like anything, get that momentum. So get your stuff out there, spend a little bit more time than you want to I'm not saying you've spent all the time but just give it that little extra incentive and then really work to be seen on other people's posts. That's unlike any other, you know, LinkedIn's a totally different logistics than other platforms. So if you can be seen on bigger posts and in your, and I would say in your industry niche, okay. Mm -hmm. Even an example, I had a client, I helped him, you know, reposition himself. He had just come out of a successful corporate career and he's doing the same thing as his own consultancy. And we got him, really tied up. And that's another thing. Make sure your profile before you even get out there is completely dialed in mm -hmm. and authority focused. I see so many people with amazing credentials, but they're, they're who they are in person and their industry does not translate on LinkedIn. They forgot their plot, you know, that that's your calling card and your business card and you can't leave it blank. And um, so anyway, so do that and then really work the first 30 days to just get on the platform a little bit longer, get out there and then keep a rhythm. Don't just try, keep, try to stay whatever consistency means for you that first 30 days. And then you're going to get the grooves and the rhythms ingrained in you and you'll get feedback from other people. And I think you'll like it. Now I do want to caution just because someone, you don't get all the engagement. I, I tell you all the time, people come in my DMS or I'm on podcasts and they'll say, Oh, I really like your com your content, Michelle. You know, I'm so busy all the time. I read it, but I just can't 
comment or like it. So people, 90 something percent of the people see your stuff. They just don't comment, you know? So you got to remember you're being visible that way, even Mm -hmm. if you don't. So that's what I would do. And then the next, and the first 90 days is critical too. That's where I say 90 days is where people kind of like when you work out at the gym, maybe even sooner in a gym, Mm -hmm. but stay in the game 90 days, you're going to get the rhythm. Then you're going to go up another lot notch on rhythm and then six months. And then at a year, oh my gosh, you are made. So I would say a good six months to really get that traction, but you'll get it sooner. And, and then just keep building it. You, you get, don't set it and forget it. Once you get that comfortable level, it's, it's a fun investment, frequent investment, right? Like, like investing. So, um, so that's my thing. So I, that you can't go wrong. You just got to stay. I know it's so cliche, right. To say that, mm-hmm. but it's like working out same thing. You get what you put into it. Yeah. It, it, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Right. And, and I love your comment about maximizing the profile because I do see that a lot that the typical mistake of people just listing their job on their headline. And it's like, no, that that's like such a valuable spot. And same with with the background image. And I get it that you have to play the game by the rules of the game you're playing. So if you're in a super corporate job, you cannot get creative with your background, right? That you have to be really careful. Maybe there are some approved ones, but at least have something, Mm -hmm. right? With, With whatever relates to your brand. And then if you're not, there's a lot you can do. I've seen some creative ways of like people signaling to their call to action and in really capturing that attention when people go to their their profile. Now, I was curious about something I, I noticed that, which I thought was not only creative, but practical, that in your case, you're, you're, you're focused on LinkedIn. So even your website blog goes back to LinkedIn. And I thought like, wow, that's great because a lot of people say, well, then I have to do this. And I, it's like, no, 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 no. It's so simple, like your website, is, it's, it's presence, it's your store, and then you don't really have to build such a great asset if, if that's not your main thing. You can just redirect to LinkedIn. Um, so could you walk us through that, that mindset of, I know your groups are also LinkedIn, that mindset of using LinkedIn as your main digital asset? Yeah, it's, I say, I help you build, you know, what I do with people, help them build their authority and visibility and all their marketing branding on LinkedIn and beyond. Because these days, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, go start a blog and people will come. Well, now, you know, everything's in the traction of LinkedIn or Twitter, or tw- you know, whatever. So you want to go where the fish are, so to speak, instead mm-hmm. of waiting for them to bite and maybe never come down to your website. So when you position your LinkedIn profile as an authority focused profile, but also a sales or landing page, there's so many ways you can start a conversation. Just uh, the other day, LinkedIn rolled out the website profile feature. If you go in my profile, it's, it's literally being rolled out right now. You they're now allowing us to put a clickable link in our profile. So you can think of all the ways marketing, you can draw it. Right now, I think I have it to my link tree and in there, I have it to my podcast, to my community, my blog, you know, all the things. Um, So there's a lot of ways to be strategic, depending on your event or your target campaign, whatever. So um, a featured section is another area people neglect. It's Mm -hmm. another area. The about section now has hyperlinks. So you want to make sure that really tells your story well. 
but yeah, I would say go to LinkedIn to connect, but ultimately though, it is borrowed land. So you do want to get them on an email list or to your website. Even if you work in a corporate, I really am a hundred percent the belief that someone should have an, their own platform presence technology these days, you can get a domain and Canva do a website or, or card, or there's just so many low cost ways to have your digital footprint on the internet. That's not just LinkedIn or whatever medium you're on. So, um, so that's how I looked at it, but go there, but then let's take them somewhere else after the fact. Yeah. And that's a good point. Um, I wanted to mention that as you were saying the the, the first 90 days of strategy of engagement, because I went through Justin Welsh's um, course and I was doing it every day and I had too many tabs open when I was engaging plus other things that happened. And I got, I got temporarily banned like two to three times because it happened several times. And then for a while, I thought I was going to be exiled. I was, it said that I was completely banned and that I couldn't. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And he was, he was scary. Cause if you think about it, like I made my piece, I read a lot of stoicism. So at some point I was like, okay, Seneca was exiled. Epictetus was exiled. This is my experience of being exiled. I'm not going to be on LinkedIn. Um, so when they're doing that, if they're going to do that, just be mindful of doing it one at a time, right? Like open mm-hmm. a tab, engage, close it, and then go to the next one. Because if you do like I did, that I like I had a book, I had bookmarked a bunch of the profiles that I wanted to engage, and I would just open them all. Um, mm-hmm. That signals the algorithm that may, there might be some bot activity happening, and that triggered a lot of um, unreasonable amount of profile views they said and they thought that was a bot as well so a lot of things happen at the same time but i would say be careful when you're engaging open just one tab yes um now uh let's let's keep going down that process of the steps and i want to get your thoughts on is it possible i I always uh, ask this question uh, to people in different sides of of that conversation from your perspective, do you think it's possible to just build a business with inbound? And if so, is there a limit to it, right? Is there a point in the game in whatever industry or niche you're playing that maybe inbound is not going to be enough and you need to transition? Well, I think everyone can live and exist in inbound and a little bit of outbound. I mean, if you've got the funds to do it, I mean, why not? I mean, at the end, like my seven steps, it's like, you know, for cruising along and you need to do that. Yeah. Outbound is great. I mean, yeah, but I think inbound get people are getting so tired of ads. We're blocking them. I just read today, Apple's new version is going to probably go even deeper in ad blocking. So ads Mm. aren't at the game. Now, cold calling is another thing. Um, now if you want to do the outbound game, start being, you know, a personal brand helps you because people kind of see you already. You're not just this faceless wonder, right? You're this someone they've seen, you may have not connected, but they're familiar with you. So Mm -hmm. I do think depending on your product, your industry outbound can make sense, but for companies, I think their employees should be participating in the inbound. You know, they're getting free organic reach that way. Paying for that would be tremendous. So at least start with a really good inbound, have that as a, you know, as your foundation and then supplement where you need it. But uh, starting in an inbound is, is definitely more customer focused and, and definitely where the trust happens. Well, I completely agree. So uh, 
that that settles it for this conversation. But Michelle, we've talked about many different topics and I love your analogy of thinking of LinkedIn as a networking event. And there's a typical question that happens at networking events that is asking other people, what do you do? So when people ask you, what do you do? What is your typical answer? Oh yeah. So I always recommend to my clients, don't just say I'm an accountant or this, because that just has preconceived notions. So I always have something called the one line defined. So I'll say, you know, I really help people, you know, when you leave corporate and you really want to start your own job or your own consultancy, and you just have the too many things, you don't know where to go, all the things. So I help people who really have left corporate who are starting their own expertise-based consulting business, I help them build a presence online because you just can't make it just on social or your expertise is, we need more than that. So I help people develop online presence and profiles and build a personal brand on LinkedIn. And then the conversation goes from there. So if I just would have said, I'm a personal brand strategist, depending on the event you're at, some people have no clue what that means, Mm -hmm. right? So I kind of have to, um, I tested that out once I was at getting my cell phone fixed and the Ryan, the owner was like, so what are you doing, Michelle lately? And I'm like, oh, I do personal branding. And I might've told him something in Greek. He had no idea what I was saying. <laughs> so I had to kind of explain it. So I think when you give people the problem or the something they can relate to, then, then the conversation continues because that's all you want to do. You want to start a conversation with people, the right people, right? Ideally, if we're in business. And and that sure does the trick. So that's my recommendation when you're just getting out there, start a conversation, not by what you do, but the problem you solve. Yeah. And I love that the, the, you know, how stories, because those really land with people. Let me show, we've talked about several different types of people, right? Like somebody starting, somebody who already has a brand, executive people transferring from corporate for anyone out there listening to or watching this interview and they're going through it and they're thinking, well, yeah, I think I could, I could get the value from that. Who is that person that can get the most out of the services and products that you offer? Oh, well, yes. Thank you. Cause you know, really anyone can do personal branding, but for me specifically, I do my best with like subject matter experts, people who have amazing expertise, talents, gifts, that are wanting to form their own digital business, a standout personal brand, online presence to build their user expertise, to build a business around, right? Maybe you call it an expert business, something like that, but they're also kind of impact driven because that's a lot of my brand too. So not only are they here to help, you know, it's, it's about what I said earlier in the interview, being a personal brand to be out there to help others. So um, those are the people that are my favorite clients and we get along and they actually aren't just clients. They become friends. So I have to say, when you're looking for that avatar, make sure you dial that in for someone you resonate with, because mm-hmm. it just makes life and your work personally and professionally so much more fun. Yes, absolutely. Michelle, we've covered a lot and I'm sure we could talk for hours about these topics because we're both fans of personal branding but I want to make sure that we're mindful of your time. So is there anything else that you would like to share with the audience? Any parting messages or, or call to actions? 
Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. I, like you said, could talk for hours about anyone who loves personal branding as much and believes in the power and knows the power firsthand, but for anyone listening or watching, like I say to many people online and LinkedIn, um, you have expertise mesh, a message or mission or all of the above to share. And, you know, Putting yourself out there is maybe sounds a little cliche, but we can't stay stuck on the sidelines because I promise you there are people who absolutely need to hear from you and they can't know you unless you get out there. So it doesn't take much, but it does take some effort. And I promise you the payoffs are immense. It is an advantage and not just for you, but for others. So consider that you should be out there and, and, you know, and here's the thing. I have a lot of resources that can help you on mm-hmm. LinkedIn. I have the 365 creators community. Why well, personally, am it's, we're almost at a thousand people and I'm helping all the people all over the world who have the same thing. They're executives and global people of all different, you know, stages in their career who are wanting one thing, the common wraparound is to put themselves out there in a really strategic way. So the 365 creators community, um, I have a podcast, the business of you it's personal branding for subject matter experts. So you could check out, I have 45 episodes and counting there. Um, you can head to my LinkedIn, uh, profile, connect with me. Um, my website profile has uh, a bunch of other resources like that template. You may, you mentioned <laughs> that is there. I just added a new one lately. So if people are wanting to get their web, uh, their profile done. I have a bunch of profile picture, background rings, all kind of things to really enhance your profile. So you can check that out and some other things there. So I would just encourage you, like I said, step out there, go find other people, let them know you are new and the welcome wagon will show up on LinkedIn. I promise you. And we will link to all of those. It just takes seven steps. So we'll link to all of those resources. Thank you very much, Michelle, for being here with us and sharing your expertise. And for everybody out there listening, thank you for being here and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure.